Hey, you're listening to a sermon from Ketchikan Church of the Nazarene. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about our church, you can visit ktnnaz.org, visit us on Facebook, just search Ketchikan Naz, or you can download our free app from the iPhone store or the Google Play store, just search Ketchikan Naz. Thanks for visiting. Hope the word of God speaks to you today. Church strong. So whether it is strong things that we believe, our strong doctrines, what do we hold to our core values, whether it's uh, strong leaders, the ones who lead us, right? And what did we talk about last week? (laughs) Thank you, strong work. Gold stars, you need to take notes, people. Don't just stare blankly at me, okay? But uh, to be a full honest, I'd forgotten to. So um, we're all good. So we talked about strong work, what the work of the church is. It is to... Make disciples. Thank you. Yes, make disciples. Please, it's all I preached about last week. The work of the church is to make disciples. Yes, amen. Okay, so today we are going to tackle the last topic, and it is strong people, right? So we've handled leaders, and we've handled the church, and we've handled what we believe, and we've handled the work. Now we need to understand strong people. What makes a strong Christian? What is it that makes a person strong in their faith? Okay? And I vacillated on this all week long. I'm like, well, there's like a hundred things I could put on a list, right? That would be like, don't forget to go to Bible study. Don't forget to read your Bible. And you need to pray five times a day. And don't forget to, you know, eat your Wheaties. And all of these things, right? And we create these lists of things that determine whether or not you are a good Christian, right? But the reality is, right? Bible might have something else to say. And it might not be a list of things, okay? And so... um, We need to evaluate our hearts this morning. And in order to do that, we need to read some scripture because that's where we determine whether or not we are in line with God's will for our life. So if you will, flip to 2 Timothy chapter 2. That's in the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles under the seats in front of you or next to you. So just kind of interfere with your neighbor and grab a Bible if you need to, okay? And if you don't own a Bible, we would love for you to take that Bible home. Keep it as a gift to you uh, today because we want you to have the Word of God available to you. So feel free to mark in that, stick a bookmark in it, and take it home with you today. 2 Timothy is near the, uh, the end of the New Testament there. It's a tiny little book. Um, and I sometimes have to use the table of contents to find the right page because sometimes I flip past it. But I put a bookmark in there this morning so I knew where I'd be. When you have 2 Timothy, if you would stand for the respect of God's word, we are going to read chapter 2, verse 15 through 22 this morning. <coughs> 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 15. And if you have been exposed to a wanna at all in your life or your children's life, you're going to recognize this verse right off the top. Do your best to present yourself to God as one who is approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. Let's stop there for a moment. Don't you just want to know that you don't have to be ashamed of anything? Right? So this is God's word to us this morning. Do your best to present yourself to God as one who is approved, as a worker who has no need to be ashamed, one who rightly handles the word of God. But avoid irreverent babble. It will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hemenaeus and Phileas, who have swerved from the truth, saying the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. But God's 
firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold, but of silver and wood and clay. Some of them are for honorable use and some of them dishonorable use. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace and do that alongside of those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. This is the word of the Lord for you this morning, and you may be seated. All right, this message is not complex. I wanted to make it complex. I tried to make it complex. I drafted out list after list of all of the things that make us good Christians, good people in the name of Jesus Christ. And then at the very end of it, the Lord said to me. And that's not even a paraphrase. Like I was praying and I really heard the Lord be like, don't preach that. Okay. He made it so much simpler, right? Because sometimes we overcomplicate what God would have us do. And, um, and so this this is just very simple, and it's gonna, if you're taking notes, it's not gonna be hard to follow along, okay? Strong people, right? And we all wanna be strong followers of Christ, right? We wanna have a good faith, right? First thing, the first thing that defines a strong person, a strong Christian, you are under authority. That's not really something you do, that's just something you realize, right? If you are a Christian, you are no longer in charge of your life. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, let's do that louder. If you are a Christian, you are no longer in charge of your life. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let me... Oh, my place. Why do I do that? I always take the bookmark out after I'm done reading it. I shouldn't do that. Okay, so let's read verse 15 if you still have your finger in the book here. Okay? Do your best to present yourself to God as one who is approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handing, handling the word of truth. Okay? So, we are under the word of truth. The word of God given to us. So, here's what it says. All scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by who? God. God, right? And it is profitable, useful for teaching and and, and training in yeah, training in righteousness, right? We don't want to be trained in unrighteousness. So we got to add the in righteousness part, right? Because practice makes perfect, right? No. Perfect practice makes perfect. You can practice something imperfectly your whole life and do it poorly the rest of your life. If we're practicing something, if we're training to be something, let's train to be righteous, okay? So let's make sure that we tack on the in righteousness. So, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching and reproof and correction and training in righteousness so that every people of God, right? Every man and woman and child of God may be complete and equipped for every good work, right? And the good work of the church is? Excellent. So, if you want to do the work of the church, right, then Christ must make you complete, and you are made complete by submitting to the Word of God, the authority of God. 
This is the default be-all, end-all, only thing that tells us what we get to do and how we get to live. No other anything is above this, right? Amen. This is our definitive, what should I do in life? Well, let me see what God has to say to me. All scripture, Genesis to Revelation, is useful for our lives. And we, as Christians, submit to the word of God because when we read this, it is just as if Jesus is speaking to us face to face. So, when it says things like, um, flee from sin, what are we supposed to do? Flee from sin. Yeah, okay, right? No ifs, ands, or buts. When it says, um, following Christ will be costly but good, what do we understand following Christ to be? Costly and good. Right, we take the word of God because it is the word of God. Now, we are under the authority of scripture, okay? But we are also under godly leadership. So if you are a Christ follower, to be a strong Christian, you are under the authority of God and the authority of godly leadership. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders. Right. Okay. Obey your gut instincts. Obey the whims of culture. No. Obey your leaders. Your what? Leaders. Your leaders. Okay. Obey your leaders and... Ooh. Submit. Submit. That's not a dirty word. That's a good word. Okay. <laughs> Obey your leader. I hear none of you wanted to say it. <laughs> All right. I left it open for you and you're like, mm -mm. Right? Okay. okay. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Right. Because they are keeping watch over your souls. I want you to wrestle with what that means. They are keeping watch over your souls as they will have to give an account to God. What am I going to have to do one day? Stand before Jesus and give an account for your souls. Yeah. That's why it says in Scripture, not many of you should aspire to be pastors, though it is good and noble. Because there is a higher accountability. I am responsible, according to God, for your souls. Not to save them, but to shepherd them towards Jesus, right? So why do you think I pound in the things I pound in every week, right? Because one day... I'm going to stand before God, and he's going to ask, well, how'd you do? And I'm going to be like, I don't know. Let's find out, because you're going to tell me, right? But hopefully I'll know, because you guys will be thriving and loving Jesus and serving him and making disciples, right? So, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, like a shepherd over sheep, right? And they will have to give an account, and mm, let them do this with joy and not groaning. I love Jesus. This is good stuff, okay? Because if I do this with groaning, that would be no advantage to you, right? No sheep wants to get beat by the shepherd, right? So find joy in submitting to the godly leadership that is over you. Now, here's the thing. If your leadership is not godly, don't submit to it. If I stop teaching the word of God and I decide that uh, the TV guy is what I should be preaching out of, and thus saith direct TV, right? Or whatever. It doesn't matter, right? If I start preaching anything other than this, do you need to follow me? Should I be your pastor? Right? So you will gently and firmly say, we love you, but you've erred. Please step down. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Now follow scripture, God's word, right? And your leaders who teach you to follow 
God's word, right? Okay, that's the first thing. If you want to be a strong Christian, someone who loves the Lord, simply submit to God in the things that he has asked you to do and the leaders that he has placed over you, okay? Second thing, so you are under authority, right? Under, I was going with the theme here. Under authority, okay? And then you are to be above reproach. Amen. Yeah? Amen. Right, that's hard though, right? Right? To be above reproach. What does that mean, to be above reproach? No accusations, right? To be above reproach, not a hint of any impropriety. So that you live a life in such a way that nobody could ever point a finger at you and go, you know, I bet they gossip because I've seen how they act. I... I wouldn't be surprised if they did such and such because I've seen how they treat so-and-so. Not even a hint of impropriety or sin in your life. Okay? Um, let's read verse 21. Did I leave my bookmark in there? I did. Verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from that which is dishonorable, then he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, sanctified, and useful for the master of the house ready for every good work. This means you, vessels, need to set aside what is dishonorable in your life and choose what is honorable according to the authority of God's word, right? And it says that when you do this, you will be made holy and sanctified for good work because of Jesus Christ. Isn't that good news? Right? Okay? So here's what it says in Scripture. 2 Timothy 2.19 God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. So that's good to know, right? He knows you. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows exactly who you are. He knows you. He continues. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord, meaning let everyone who claims to be a Christ follower, abstain from wickedness. Period. Not abstain from wickedness when it suits you. Not abstain from wickedness when it's easy. Not abstain from wickedness when there's no peer pressure. Just abstain from sin, period. Christ followers, there's no room in your life for sin. Okay? Because Christ has bought you out of sin, right? Purchased you back with the blood of Jesus on the cross, right? Paid the penalty for your sin so that you could live a holy life that pleases him. And yet, as Christians, we often what? Enjoy sin. That's okay. God died for me. Whew. Hebrews says, woe to those that trample upon the blood of Christ. When we have been bought with the blood of Jesus, and he has made us holy, and he has saved us from our sins, and we go, that's great, but I'm going to go ahead and do what I feel like anyway, that's really disrespectful. I mean, like, the biggest disrespect ever. Okay? Christ followers, abstain. From wickedness. Abstain from it. Period. No other if, ands, or buts. If you want to be above reproach, then you will be under authority of Scripture and you will abstain from sin. Because Scripture says what? Flee sin. sin, right? Don't sin, right? So um, abstain from sin and do it by choice, not by force. Sometimes people will force you, don't do this, and they will drag you out of a situation. And that's useful, right? Because sometimes we need people to grab us by the and yank us away. But we as Christians need to learn the discipline of choosing holiness over sin. 
of choosing God's will over our own desires, right? Okay. So, be above reproach. Abstain from wickedness. But here's the good news. Colossians 1, 21 through 22. You who were once alienated, separated, and hostile in mind, like you were set against God by your actions and your mind, you were doing evil things, Christ has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, you, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before God. So let's put it this way. Christ followers, do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross in your place for your sins, rose again, and gave you eternal life? Do you believe that? Yes. Okay, now here's what that means. That means he will present you holy and blameless and above reproach. Those two go hand in hand. It's not like we walk around life going, oh no, I'm unholy and I'll never be holy before God because I can't do it on my own. God did the work for you. He purchased you back from sin. He will present you holy and blameless, which means throughout the course of your Christian walk with Christ, as you choose things that are righteous and as God enables you to see sin versus holiness, you will slowly but surely look more and more like Jesus as your days go on. Until one day when you breathe your last year and your next breath is taken in the throne room before Jesus and all of the angels who worship him, guess what you will be in that moment? Holy and blameless before Christ. Right? Is not that the most coolest thing you've ever heard? That even though we live a life that sometimes is tainted by sin, Christ has purchased you back from that so that your sin will one day be completely washed free and there will be no impropriety in you before Christ. And you can taste that now. You can live like that now. You can walk towards that life now. But it means willingly choosing to abstain from wickedness. Right? And that's a choice that we must make on a Sometimes minute-by-minute minute basis, right, if we're honest. Sometimes a day-by-day day basis. Sometimes we have good stretches, right? But then sometimes we're like, it's been 10 seconds. <sighs> you know? And moment-by-moment, minute-by-minute, we submit to, we are under the authority of God, right? We listen to the leaders that God has placed over us. We are above reproach because Christ has called us to be so and enabled us to be so. So we are under authority. We are above reproach. One more. One more for strong Christians. It is in community. Above reproach, under authority, in community. Verse 22 reads this way. So flee those youthful passions. Right? Abstain from sin. Flee those youthful passions. Pursue righteousness and faith and love. Did you get that? You have to pursue faith. Right? Faith can wane if we don't pursue it. Pursue faith. <coughs> pursue love and peace. And do that alongside of those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Meaning, according to the authority of the word of God which you submit to, there is no scriptural basis for a lone Christian. You don't get to do it alone. If you decide that there is... You can do life without the body of believers and regular fellowship. You are not submitting to the word of God in your life. We are called to do this in community. 
Do it alongside of those that are pursuing that with you. Um, God is faithful. Amen? Amen? And He has called you into a lonely life by yourself to do it alone? No. no? Oh, I misread that. Sorry. He called you into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ. And so I appeal to you, by the name of Jesus, that you agree that there be no divisions, that you be united in Jesus, right? Because we've all been covered by the shed blood of Jesus, which means we are all in one family, the family of Jesus Christ. He is our head. We submit to him. We're under authority, right? Right? So I'm, I'm reminding us. Now, we have unity in Christ. And what about this one? Two are better than one. Amen? Amen. Right? Because they have a good reward for their toil. If if they one of the... Wow, I don't even know what happened there. If one of them falls, the other will lift him up, is what that is supposed to say. Right? If they one one will lift the other up. That's not Jesus' words. Open the Bible and read Jesus' words, because I, I paraphrased wrong here. If one of them falls, the other will lift him up. But woe to the one who is alone and falls. Right? Who's going to... You know that commercial with the, like, the press the button for the 911 thing? Help, I've fallen and I can't get up, okay? Right? Nobody wants to be alone and fall down. Who's there to help you? You need someone to encourage you, to pick you back up, to take you to help, right? To encourage you and say, it's okay, I've fallen too. We can do this together. Let's link arms and do this life together. So two are better than one, amen? Amen. We are called to be in the body of Christ and then to link arms with specific people and walk together. There is accountability and support that can be found in the togetherness, in community. But there's also this. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, right? We don't just come and stay within our bubble. When we come together, we are literally coming together to encourage one another, to give each other a shot in the arm, to uh, kick in the pants if needed, to say, let's get out there and make disciples. Let's do this. Rah, rah, go team. Because we are to encourage one another. Do not neglect meeting together. Again, scripture reminds us there is no excuse to be a Christian alone somewhere in a house saying, I got Jesus in the Bible and that's good enough. Okay? You have to be, Jesus says, meeting together. Because it says, do not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some, but gather together and encourage one another. Lonely people are, it's just, there's, Jesus gave us everything we need. And part of that is deeply rooted in the community that we call family, right? So when we come together on Sunday mornings, do you know how excited I am to see you all? Like super excited. And when you aren't here, I'm a little sad because I want to see how your week went and I want to see your face smiling at me or laughing at me, which is okay too, because we are family, right? And there's always a weird one in the bunch. And if you don't know who it is, it's probably you. And so I recognize it's probably me, but that's okay. Because we love one another and we fellowship together and we eat together and we pray together and we sing together and we raise our children together and we encourage each other to submit to the authority of God. To be above reproach, not to sin. We encourage one another not to do that. And we keep each other accountable. Let's get out there and do the good work of Christ. So I have a question for you. And this was it for the sermon today. Short, sweet, to the point, right? Which one is lacking in your life? Right? And maybe it's not lacking, but maybe it's not like shored up, you know? 
Maybe it's a little weak and needs just a little more emphasis. Are you having a problem struggling with the S word, submit? Are you trying to live your life your own way? Are you trying to justify your actions within Scripture, but Scripture doesn't really give you that authority? If that's you, you might need to work on the whole under authority. You are under God. You are not the Lord of your life. God is the Lord of your life. And if you really wrestle with that, maybe you realize, I've never given my heart to Christ. I know who God is, and I've read his word, and I, I believe that there is a God, but I've never actually trusted him and said, I will submit. Maybe that's where you need to go today. Uh, but on the other hand, maybe this above reproach thing is like a, ooh, I've got areas in my life that, A, they're not submitted to God's authority, and I know that, but I don't really know how to get out from underneath it. So maybe there needs to be some accountability between you and someone else, and you go to another Christ follower in the body of Christ, and you say, I'm struggling with, and they go, okay, I have struggles too. Let's pray together about that. I'll ask you weekly how you're doing. We'll encourage one another. We'll lift each other up so that you can learn to be above reproach. You can pursue that and become a holy vessel for God. But maybe you need to just be in community. If all you do is Sunday morning, that's great, right? But let's go plus one. If all you do is Sunday morning, plus one it and add a Bible study. Learn a deeper sense of fellowship in a smaller group of believers where you really get to know each other on a more intimate level and I can't, unless you've experienced that deep kind of abiding fellowship in a small group or Bible study, um, it's really hard to explain other than they're just, they become real family, right? And then awkwardness doesn't exist anymore, right? So has anybody experienced that kind of small group environment? You want to raise your hand? Y'all can testify to what that's like? Yeah, I can too. So raise your hands again if you've experienced that nice and high. If you've not, look at those hands. And go ask them, tell me about your small group of Bible study experience, okay? Because we want to tell you how absolutely life-changing it is to have a very small group of people that you can rely on through thick or thin. At any hour of the day or night, you can call and say, I'm in trouble, pray for me. And they will, right? They have your back. That's being in fellowship, being in community is like nothing else. And that's what God has called us to. Because when we are in community, that is a demonstration of the kingdom of God as it plays out in heaven. But we get to experience it here on earth. And don't we all want that? Yeah. So be below, like under authority, above reproach, and in community. Right? Let's remember how you sermon. Under, over, and in. Okay? So if you forget what I preached about, okay? Dance moves that go with the sermon today. I had too much coffee. So, um, we're going to worship here in just a moment. Um, and I just kind of want to give you the layout for how this is going to work. Because we've got some baptisms and we've got exciting stuff going on after the service, uh, after the sermon. So, um, I'm going to dismiss those who need to get changed for baptism. Now, and I don't know who does or who doesn't, but there's the bathrooms right at the bottom of the stairs here. And when you're done getting changed, come up the back way and meet me uh, at the baptismal, Okay. Uh, except for Diane, you just meet me right up here. And, uh, and they are going to be baptized because they have recognized God's authority in their life. They have submitted to it. They have decided that they want to pursue this life of faith and be made holy, right? And they are following through in obedience to Christ to be baptized. And we get to celebrate with that.
with them today. Um, but while they are getting ready, and while we are worshiping, while we are singing the song, I want to give you guys an opportunity. Team, come on up. I want to give you guys an opportunity to take communion. Because communion is a meal of remembrance, right? It's a meal where Christ followers say, I remember what Christ did on the cross for me. Because scripture told me what Christ did for me, and I believe that that happened. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins, that his body was broken, that his blood was shed. And when I take this small meal, it is as if I am really sharing fellowship with Jesus in this moment. And I'm sharing fellowship with the body of Christ who's partaking as well, because we are all purchased by the same blood of Jesus. And I'm not just remembering it, I'm proclaiming it. Because as I take it, I am making the statement, this is what I believe. This is how I want to live my life. This is who I submit to. And so it's just going to be open and available up here. And as the team leads you in worship, you just come and partake as you see fit. Um, and uh, parents, you can lead your children as you see fit. And take some time, though, to ask yourselves the questions. Above, below, and in. Which one is the one you are working with? And if you're joining us online, we're going to end the feed now. We'll pick it back up in a few minutes. For the rest of us here, let's go to a time of worship. Lord, this morning, we give you thanks. Glory and honor belong to you. And we ask, Father, that you would be with us in a mighty way as we worship. That you would do great things for your people today. That you would convict us in ways that we need to be convicted that you would change us to look like you. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would fall on us in such a way that would be undeniable, that would be absolutely beautiful, Father. That we can't help but submit to you because we see how absolutely good you are. Father, we ask that your Spirit Come and be with us now in these moments. And we pray this in your name. Amen.